Hey there, Filled With Messages friends. I hope you're having a great day. Thanks for being with me today. I have a nearly two-year-old niece and nephew. We call them the Twizens because they're cousins born just weeks apart. Get it? Twizens? Twin cousins? We're hilarious in my family. They do not look at all alike. Paloma has stick straight, very blonde hair, while Phoenix's hair is black and curly. Paloma has beautiful blue eyes, and Phoenix's are the color of the most delicious chocolate. While they may be very different in looks and personality, they are both perfectly adorable. Currently, the Twizens are in that amazing stage of toddlerhood where they are imitating everything and everyone around them. Recently, Paloma had on a black and gold cape. Very thoughtfully, my sister taught her to say, I'm Batman, while she was wearing it. I wish I could show you the video. It's hilarious. Obviously, Paloma doesn't yet know who Batman is, and she can only say the catchphrase when prompted, but she can certainly imitate her mother very well. Phoenix has an amazing ear for music and loves to imitate sounds he hears. His favorite band is Queen, and he imitates Freddie Mercury quite well for a nearly two-year-old. Again, I wish I could play you a video of him singing. It would make you smile from ear to ear. Human beings learn through imitating. Fake it till you make it is one of the most basic human ways of growing if you're two or 82. But we need to be careful about who and what we are imitating. In his letter to the Philippian church, Paul notes that if we choose to imitate Jesus, we can bring lots of joy into our lives and the lives of others. Hear these words from Philippians 2, 1 through 12. So, does belonging to Christ help you in any way? Does his love comfort you at all? Do you share anything in common because of the Holy Spirit? Has Christ ever been gentle and loving toward you? If any of these things has happened to you, then agree with one another. Have the same love. Be one in spirit and in the way you think and act. By doing this, you will make my joy complete. Don't do anything only to get ahead. Don't do it because you are proud. Instead, be humble. Value others more than yourselves. None of you should look out just for your own good. Each of you should also look out for the good of others. As you deal with one another, you should think and act as Jesus did. In his very nature, he was God. Jesus was equal with God. But Jesus didn't take advantage of that fact. Instead, he made himself nothing. He did this by taking on the nature of a servant. He was made just like human beings. He appeared as a man. He was humble and obeyed God completely. He did this even though it led to his death. Even worse, he died on a cross. So God lifted him up to the highest place. God gave him the name that is above every name. When the name of Jesus is spoken, everyone will kneel down to worship him. Everyone in heaven and on earth and under the earth will kneel down to worship him. Everyone's mouth will say that Jesus Christ is Lord and God the Father will receive the glory. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds to hear you speaking to us now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts May they be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If you look in a Bible at the verses I just read, you'll notice that some of them are formatted on the page as though they were a poem. 
That's because, scholars believe, these words about Jesus are the lyrics to one of the oldest hymns in Christianity. This hymn describes three characteristics of Jesus, which Paul suggests are worthy of imitating. Christ made himself nothing by becoming a servant. He humbled himself, even to death on a cross, and he was obedient, though it led to his death. None of those sound like very appealing things to imitate. They seem sort of boring and dull at best and difficult and painful at worst. And certainly throughout history, these ideas have been used to subjugate women, children, minorities, those who are differently abled, the LGBTQ community. But perhaps it isn't so much that these ideas are inherently bad or oppressive. Jesus embodied these things and Jesus was the opposite of bad and boring and oppressive. So maybe we need to take another look at the concepts behind these Christian ideals of service, humility, and obedience, and see them for how Jesus lived them. Jesus, although he was God, the author of this hymn writes, didn't exploit his divinity. Instead, he'd emptied himself or made himself nothing and took on the form of a slave or a servant. Slave is the word that probably most grabs our attention when we hear these words because it stirs up so many painful images from the past and present. However, the key word is became nothing or, as other translations often render it, emptied himself. I know, either translation is two words, but in the letter's original Greek, it is one. Kenosis. It means to give oneself to others. Think about all the ways Jesus gave himself to others. He tirelessly traveled around Israel so others could hear the good news of God's great love. He went out of his way to heal people, even when it endangered him. He paid attention to people, especially those to whom most people paid no attention. He was patient and loving, even when his disciples were getting on his last nerve. But at the same time, Jesus also took care of himself. He went away by himself to pray. He took time to rest. He told God what he wanted, even praying, take this cup from me. He had clear boundaries, even telling the disciples to back off when they were interfering with his work. Emptying ourselves, kenosis, giving ourselves to others in a Christ-like way, means living a life of service, sharing God's great love with others, seeing people and meeting their needs, spoken and unspoken, embodying the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it also means taking care of ourselves. Because if there is nothing of us to give, then we cannot give of ourselves to others. When we try to push the limit and take care of others at our own expense, we often end up, intentionally or unintentionally, hurting ourselves or others. As in so many things, in embodying kenosis and giving himself to others, Jesus did so in a balanced and healthy way. As we seek to imitate him, we need to work on this balance as well. The second idea in this ancient hymn that doesn't seem super appealing at face value is that Jesus humbled himself. Perhaps none of us wants to be prideful, but 
actually humbling ourselves doesn't sound or feel particularly good when we think about it either. Humbleness is often associated with weakness and vulnerability and humiliation. The root of the word humble is humus. Sounds like the delicious chickpea dick, but it's not. Humus is the decomposed plant and animal matter that is essential to soil health. Maybe on the surface, that doesn't make humbleness sound any better. To be humble means we have to decompose? Uh, No thanks. But humus is the critical building block for plants. Not only does humus provide nutrients for plants, but it also enables soil to retain moisture. Humus is the most important ingredient for healing soil that has been leached through overuse and abuse. When Christ became humble, humus, and when we imitate him and become humble, humus, everyone around us and even ourselves receive the essential nutrients we need to thrive in life. We empower ourselves and others to heal from the overuse and abuse of our lives. Overuse and abuse are some of the greatest challenges facing our world today. We are constantly pushing ourselves beyond the limits physically, mentally, socially, emotionally. We are constantly being pushed beyond our limits by our employers, community groups, recreational activities, even friends and family. We desperately need people willing to be humble, to become humus, to restore key nutrients that have been leached from us as individuals, a community, and a society. We need people to imitate Jesus and say, enough. You are enough. You don't need to keep pushing or allow yourself to be pushed to the point of breaking. The third key attitude of Jesus described in this ancient hymn is his obedience. The word obedience is not popular in the church today, especially because historically it has been used by those in power to oppress and subjugate women, children, people of color, and ethnic minorities, writes theologian Elaine Heath. She continues, however, the word comes from a Latin root, which means listening that leads to action. Obedience doesn't sound so bad when put in that light. Listening that leads to action. What would change if we really listened to, obeyed the voices in our world crying out for justice? What would change if we acted on the pain we heard? How much would we bring God's kingdom here to earth as it already is in heaven if we didn't question or ignore or judge the voices crying out to us in pain? But if we listened to them and then acted, if we obeyed them, And what would change if we were obedient to our own voices, crying out in exhaustion from overuse and abuse? What action would our listening to ourselves bring? Would we make more space for quiet and rest, even if that meant making hard choices? Would we be empowered to leave an abusive relationship? And what would change if we were more obedient to God's voice? What action might God call us to if we listened to God more closely? Perhaps listening to God's voice would actually lead to less action, 
and more listening. Giving ourselves to others, being humble, listening that leads to action. Even when considered in the light of Jesus' life and ministry, these are still challenging attitudes to imitate. But perhaps, if we consider how much joy, love, unity, and peace we and so many others would experience if we choose to imitate Christ in these ways, we will decide they're worth the effort and start doing our best, not expecting or demanding of ourselves perfection, but rather stumbling our way forward, finding the joy of a small child like Paloma and Phoenix, delighting in learning new things. And as we do, may we know God is smiling down on us like any good parent would as their beloved child learns and grows and helps make this world a better place. Thanks as always for joining me today, my friends. In this message, I quoted from Elaine Heath's The Healing Practice of Celebration, which I highly recommend. As you go about your day, may you seek to imitate Christ more and more. May the Holy Spirit encourage and surround you, and may God's grace and peace give you hope and joy. Amen.